Jesus, thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, thank you for those songs that we just declared, God, that they're true. God, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts and our minds in this time together. I pray that as we open your word, Lord, you'd speak to us. God, you speak a new word to us, Lord. God, give us direction today. Lord, help us keep our attention and our affection and our focus on you today. Thank you for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, church, good morning. Welcome. Um, for those of you that we have not met, my name is AJ. I get to serve here as the worship pastor and associate pastor, and I'm really excited about today. Um, I don't know about your weekend, but my weekend has been crazy. So I'm, I'm running on low fumes, but I'm really excited about today. And I feel like the word that, that we're going to hear today is, is a very timely message, and, and I think it's going to be something that can meet each of us in, in where we are in life. So we started a new series last week called Flip the Script, and this series is really just to help us learn how to flip the scripts, our mental scripts that we, we have, each of us have in our minds. Each of us have that little inner voice, that little inner critic um, that, you know, either it's just a critical voice, um, one that makes us doubt God's goodness, um, His presence. And so this, this series is just a three-week series on how we can learn to flip the script. And we do that by opening God's Word and seeing what His Word has to say to correct those scripts. So I believe that this is a very important series for us. I believe that it's a very simple one. Today's not a very, it's not a very deep message. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out front. Um, so for those of you that feel like you have a hard time understanding church sometimes, you, everyone I think will be able to understand this today. So what I love about this series in particular is it deals with our minds and our mindsets. And many times as people, I feel like we're in a place to where we think God really only cares about the actions. This series, though, shows us that God is, he's concerned about every part of our lives. And I love what Jesus says in Matthew 22. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's just a reminder that all of our lives are connected. Amen? Like every part of our minds are connected. I know right now, my wife and I, we just moved into a new house this weekend. Physically, I'm tired. So that means in my mind, I'm going to be a little tired and my soul needs a little rest. So it's all connected. And that's what this series is about, is helping us learn how to, how to notice the scripts and how to flip the scripts. So I believe that if we do what this series is about, that it could really change things for us. Um, so I have a couple of pictures I want to show for us on the screen real quick. Um, they're pictures of people that get stuck in things. <laughs> today, Karen gave a, a wonderful welcome, and today is all about getting stuck. And, and it's not a message about how to get unstuck. Obviously, this little kid would love to get unstuck right now. Um, I've got another one for you. Um, I don't even know how that happens, <laughs> like physically. Yeah. This is not a child. I thought it was important to not just show pictures of children doing things. Sometimes it's important for adults to remember that, you know, your childhood is over. This guy's wearing a tie, but he, somehow he got caught in the swing. Um, and then this one. Again, <clears throat> I have no clue how that happens. I don't know how people get stuck in these places or what goes through their minds to make him want to do that. So these are just a few pictures of people getting stuck. And a few weeks ago, I've, so I've been speaking a little bit. More, more so in the last year. So when things happen in my life, I think about, wow, that's like a sermon illustration. And it's something that happened two weeks ago in our house that I thought, wow, God, this is like a great sermon illustration. <laughs> two weeks ago, um, 
Ashley and I put Izzy down for bed, and normally bedtime with Izzy is very simple. It's very easy. You give her her blanket and her passy, and you pick her up, and you pat her, and you say, okay, it's time to go night-night, and she says, night-night. And then you put her in bed, and she goes to sleep, and she doesn't cry, and she's fine. This night was a little different. We put her down, and Ashley went to the back to get ready for bed, and I was up front watching TV, and about five minutes later, I heard the cry. This wasn't the cry like you're wanting attention. It was every parent in the room knows your child's cry when something's not right. And so I didn't wait to see if she was going to go back to sleep because I knew something was wrong. So I walked back to her room, and I I'm walk up to her crib, and I don't really see what's going on at first. And then I, I realize she's on the edge of the bed, and her leg is actually hanging through her crib. So she's got a crib that has these rails, and her leg is stuck. So I, I just kind of tugged on her a little bit. I didn't want to hurt her, so... but. Clearly, she told me, stop. She screamed a little bit. And so I was like, okay, let me just turn on the lights. And all I had to do was just twist her to the side and pull her through. And it let her leg go right through, and everything was fine. And what, what it showed me in that story and even these pictures is this, that when we feel stuck, the perspective changes everything. Like for Izzy, when she was stuck, she couldn't see what she needed to do to get out. Clearly, these people in the pictures can't see what to do to get out. We can, though. We have a, a different perspective. And when we feel stuck, and we feel stuck in life and in relationships and our faith, our perspective changes everything. So today, that's kind of the sticky phrase. If you walk away with, every, with anything today, I want you to remember this, that perspective changes everything. So again, today is not a message that I'm going to give you five tools how to get unstuck. I can't do that because, you know, we're all in different places in our life. We're all walking in different, on different roads, and, and hopefully we're, we're headed the same place, but we're, we're in different places. So today's not, you know, five easy ways to get unstuck, or if you do these things, you'll never feel stuck again. That's not what today's about. Um, today is, is learning how to change our perspective on things. So as we open our Bibles, let's go into Philippians chapter 4 this morning. <clears throat> we're going to start here. And we're actually going to be in verse 4 through 8. Last week we read 7 through 8, um, but we're going to start a little, little before this week. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. If you got it, say you got it. Got it. All right. Can we stand and honor God's Word as we read this morning? <clears throat> All right, so verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. And then you guys can have a seat. So that's simple, right? Just think about whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure. We can just go home now, like that's the sermon, just think about those things. But we don't do those things, right? We don't, we don't think about those things, right? We think about everything else, and, and those things come into mind at times, but then we have Facebook, and we have TV, and blogs, and radio, and, and things that just add to the noise. 
that so, so easily blot those things out. When you get on Facebook, you, you really lose sight of what's true and noble. Amen. Um, so as we learn about what it means to flip the script, I think we actually need to start with what we fill our minds with. That really has to be the place where we begin. So I was thinking this, this week as I was kind of working on this message and, and even just thinking about the way it was when I grew up, you know, I was told garbage in, garbage out. Everybody heard that before? Put garbage in, get garbage out. I hated that phrase as a kid. I mean, every kid does because no one wants to be told, hey, don't watch that, don't listen to that. And so I hated that, and I really pushed back on that. The older I get, though, I realize while we're not machines, there's some truth to that. And so let me just start with this. You know, if, if you spend your time reading blogs, reading books, well, I mean, I'm not really a blog reader, but if that's you, I know a lot of people read those things, and you can just get so caught up in the clickbait. Those things that are just birthed out of like a negative and critical spirit, if you find yourself reading those things all the time, guess what you're going to have? A negative spirit. Yeah, you're going to just be a negative and critical person. You watch things and listen to things, just consume things that are impure. Just Maybe they're just inappropriate. Maybe they're just not even fully like adult or dirty, but they're just inappropriate. They just, there's not, the spirit of the Lord is not there. Guess what you're going to be like? You're going to think about those things. So we have to start with filling our, filling our minds with what's true, what's noble and right. So I believe that this passage is, while it's simple, and we read it and we say, okay, got it, whatever's true, noble, admirable, I can do that. If we don't really get that into us, it's never going to really change us. So we have to start with really seeing what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.5. He says this, we have to take every thought captive. And we all know that part, but I think we, we miss the second part, and make it obedient to Christ. So when that thought comes through, and you say, oh, okay, I don't think that's really, I don't think that's good for me to, to consume, to take in, you've got to make that obedient to Christ. You've got to surrender that to the cross. So I want you to think about these things, like what the things you're consuming, and not just things you're consuming, but specifically when you feel stuck in life. When you're in a situation in life and you feel like there's no way out, what's inside you? Like what are the feelings that you feel? Do you feel confused at God? Maybe a little bitter towards God? A little angry? A little, God, why aren't, you, why aren't you working here? Where are you at? Does it cause you to doubt his goodness? And if I can be honest, there have been seasons and times where that has been my approach, and that's really been what's come out of me. And, and I think what A.W. Tozer says here is perfect. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So when you feel stuck and you're in a place where you're, you're just negative and you're like, God, where are you? Those, are, those things shape you more than you realize. They really do. So the things we think about God, they're the most important thing about us. So again, I, I told you from the beginning, this is not a real deep message today. I just want to put that out there. This is, this is helping us change our perspective. And, and these are the two foundations I think we have to start with when we talk about, okay, what it means to be stuck and the right perspective to have. The two foundations would be this, that God is good and that God is present. God is good and God is present. And it's easy for me to say that and us shake our head and say, yes, I agree with that. But it's different when we're in the situation, right? We're in the situation we feel stuck. We don't automatically go to this. We don't automatically go to say God is good. We say, God, why are you holding out on me? Like, why aren't you giving me the thing that I, I desire? And it's, it's clear that that's how the enemy tempts us. 
We look at this. And look, I mean, it's so easy to see it in the very beginning whenever he tempts Eve. He says, God doesn't want you to eat the fruit because you're going to be like him. Like he's just holding out on you. He does that in the wilderness with Jesus. Every temptation is based on this, this idea that God is holding out on Jesus, that Jesus will just do these things. That's how the enemy tempts us. So when we sin, <clears throat> instead of thinking like, oh, I messed up, realize that you can flip the script and say, no, Satan convinced me that I believe God was holding out on me. That's when I went after this thing. That's what's happening is we think God doesn't have enough for us. Many times that's exactly how Satan tempts us. So the first main foundation is this, God is good. And I've got a couple of scriptures. You don't have to flip here with me, but I want to read these over us. If you're a note taker, I would write all of these down. First one comes out of Exodus 34, 6, and it says this, The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. The key word phrase would be abounding in goodness, like the Lord is good, and His goodness, it will withstand all time. Psalm 145, 9 says this, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. Psalm 27, 13 says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then one of my favorite verses of all of Scripture John 10.10 says this, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus says that in John 10.10. So even Jesus assures us that he doesn't bring evil into this world and into our lives. Now, we think a lot of the times when we see somebody struggling in a situation or feeling stuck, that if something good comes out of that situation, then it must have been from the Lord, right? I mean, many of us have thought that. We see somebody struggling with a, uh, maybe a sickness or a job or a relationship, and if, if something good happens out of that, then we think it's from the Lord. That's not, that's not true, okay? I love what Andy Reese says in his book, Freedom Tools. He says this, we mistake outcome for origin. God doesn't bring evil into our lives, okay? He's not sitting there watching you just flounder around feeling stuck in whatever you're stuck in. God is good, even Jesus says this. He says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life, and life to the full. And I think when we have this change of perspective on that God really is good, that he really is wanting us to realize his goodness, it can change everything for us. We just don't believe it most times. We, we look at it and we say, well, this person came out, so clearly that's from God. Like, that's not, God can get the glory, and can you learn things from a hard season? Absolutely. God can teach us things. God doesn't put those things on us. So that's a, that's a big foundation that we have to start with in this conversation. The second one is this, that God is present. I would say this, God is not hiding from you. God is not hiding from you. He is not playing some hide-and-seek game with us. The Holy Spirit is, if you're a child of God, as we just declared a few minutes ago, the Holy Spirit is residing in you. And He's speaking. It's us that's not listening. It's us that we're not in tune with Him. He's speaking, and he's present, and he is near. And if we don't believe the fact that God is present with us all the time, that actually puts a very dangerous mindset in our, in our minds and our hearts. It puts a God versus me. It's like God is against you. God's not against you. He's for you. He's not. Say, he's not out to get you. A couple references for you is this. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him to all who call on him in truth. And then Psalm 16, 8 says this, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, 
for he is right beside me. And then again, one of my favorite passages, Psalm 139, says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle by the farthest sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. So guys, we have to know this, that God is good and that God is present. He's present with us in every situation, in every season, in every moment. And he doesn't, he doesn't just play hide and seek where he shows his face some and then he goes away. No, he's there all the time. He's accessible. We have to realize this, though, because when we don't, that's when the negative thoughts and the critical thoughts and those mental scripts can just so easily creep in. So again, I said before, this is something that I've personally dealt with in my own life, and I'm sure if I were to pull the room, most of us would say, yeah, at some point I felt pretty stuck. And the question I would just like to know is, and you don't have to raise your hand on this, but think about it. Who in here, if I were to ask you, hey, do you want to do something meaningful with your life? Something with purpose with your life? Like, I think we would all answer yes to that. For the most part, I think we would. And I remember years ago, um, Ashley and I were engaged, and I was, at that point, all I really wanted to do after I graduated high school was be a musician. That's it. Nothing wrong with that. It's great. Musicians are awesome. Love them. But I also was a barista, and then I was engaged. And so reality has to, you know, settle in and say, okay, well, it's probably time for you to get a, a reg, you know, like an adult job. Not that barista, you know, you don't make money. It's cool, but... Um, but you got to do something to make money. you got to do something to support your wife. So I remember <clears throat> it took me a while to find something, and I did. I landed a job at the VA in Dublin at a call center. What a joy. It was <laughs> tomorrow morning when you go into work and you forget your password, and that person you have to call to say, hey, can you reset my password? That was me every Monday morning and, and every Tuesday and, and every other day. It felt like a lifetime of just resetting passwords and, you know, the joke of... Um, have you turned it on and turned it back off? Have you reset the computer? Have you unplugged it? That was the whole spiel. I did all of that for what felt like a lifetime. And I remember being in that job and feeling completely stuck. I felt like, I honestly felt like I was just kind of, like God was not concerned about my work life. Like he was like, I was praying, Lord, send me a sign, send me a door, let me get out of here. And there was nothing. There's nothing, and I would have conversations, and I'm, I'm looking at somebody in the room, and you're laughing because I would have conversations with some of you, and just talk about how miserable I was, and I'm like, oh, this is the worst, and, and I really did. I, I felt miserable, and I felt stuck in that job, and I, I wish I would have known some of these things before that season because what happened to me was I didn't think that God was for me or that God was even present in that situation. I thought, this is God. He's holy. He's way up there. He's worried about the big things, not, not the little things. And I have to tell you this this morning, that regardless of what situation you're in, whether it's a job or a relationship or your faith, or maybe it's just something that seems very small to you, God is concerned, like he's concerned about every part of our lives. And this is what this series is all about, is it's realizing that all of these things are connected. And we have to learn to, to change our minds and let the word change our minds, to know that God is... He is concerned about us, and He is good and present. So I remember just being in that job and feeling stuck. And then the day came when I got this random phone call to get a different job. 
and it seemed to be a better option. And within less than an hour, I think I'd already accepted the job, and I was just ready to get out of the first job. I'm not going to lie. I was ready to go. I'm like, so anybody could have called me, and I probably would have said yes. So I took the new job and then two years in that job, and I, and I felt like, okay, this is not really for me. Um, and all the while, all I wanted to do was exactly what I, was, what I do every week now, is lead you guys in worship and and work on things for the church and be creative. And those are things that really give me life. And I'm like, feel like it would never happen. And so let me stop and pause and say, I realize that, that this is coming from, from a perspective of I wanted that thing and now I get to do the thing. And, and that may not be your story. It may not be your story. So I'm not telling you if you do these things, this will happen. But my perspective is this now, that through both of those jobs, which felt like a long time of just monotonous, not fun, just probably the worst job you could, one of the worst jobs you could have a call center, I think. Now I look at it and I see what God was teaching me in that season was dependence and faith. And if I would have just been able to work the call center job for a year and jump into to leading worship and, and being creative, I would not have learned dependence and faith. Does that make sense? I would not have learned to trust through those times of what felt just kind of like desert seasons in my own life, I learned dependence and faith. And again, my attitude was not always right. Let me just be forefront and say, I didn't get all this right. What I want to do today is help you get it right. Because now I see that through all of that time when I felt like God was concerned about other things, now he was working. He was working. The skills I learned at some of those jobs helped me with the very job I have now. And so God is concerned. He is good. He's present. And if you're in a season to where you feel stuck and you feel like there's no way out, maybe instead of thinking that God is against you, maybe realize that he could be teaching you dependence and faith. And as followers of Jesus, that's, our dependence has to be in him. It can be nowhere else other than in Christ. So I think about it like this. When you, have, um, you go on a road trip somewhere and you pull up your GPS on your phone, and you punch in the address, and you, when it pops up, you've got a little arrow that just goes right ahead. And you just see the next step. That's all you see. Now, there's another view you can click on, the overview, where it'll zoom out, and you see the whole thing. You see every turn and, and every road, roadway that's getting worked on. You see everything. Those are the two perspectives. We get, in our life, the one that's right ahead, the next step, the next turn. God sees it all. God is not surprised, and he's not hiding from you. He's not holding back from you. And this, again, is it's very simple. Um, it's not a very complicated message, but it's so important for us. So the one last thing I would like for us to read together, and then we're going to be just about done. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We'll be in verses 43 through 48. So Luke chapter 8, verses 43. Now Jesus is on the way to go raise a dead girl that had just died when we're reading this. So he's on the way to go see about this young girl. And it says this, As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately... Her bleeding stopped. 
Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, and I know the power has gone out from me. Verse 47 says, Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So this morning, what I really want us to leave with together, this has to be our posture. I want you to think about this woman's situation. For 12 years, she had, a, she had something wrong with her that could not be healed. But she was in a place to where there was nothing left but reaching out and touching, touching Jesus, desiring more of his presence. So when it comes to us being dependent on Christ and having faith in him, this has to be our posture. If it's anything other than this, then we're doing it wrong. So this morning, I just invite you, just let's close our eyes for a moment. We're almost done here. But I want us to just kind of examine our own hearts. And I don't know the room right now. I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what you feel like on the inside, but I want you just to examine yourself for a moment and ask where you've been with this. Have you really been depending on God? Have you really had faith like the woman in Luke? And what's your response when you feel stuck? What's your response when you feel like there is no way out? So Jesus, today, Lord, we come to you. God, my prayer is just that we would just become more expectant for you. God, that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness. God, that not just in the good seasons, but the desert seasons. Lord, I pray that we would be a people known that whenever things happen that we're not expecting or when, when we feel like we're stuck in a situation, Lord, that, that our focus would be on you, not on the situation. So, Lord, I pray this over the lives of the people in this room, Lord. I pray that you would speak to us, Lord, that you would give us direction. Lord, and for some, I know we just need to have more dependence on you. So, Lord, if that's our case this morning, Lord, would you just, would you just stir that up in us, just more dependence on you, more faith in you, Lord? And, God, for others, that we just need to check our attitudes towards you. God, give us the steps we need to take. Maybe it's confession. Maybe it's just sitting before you. Lord, so I thank you for your word, and I thank you that it's true, and I thank you that you are good and you are present. So Jesus, be with us as we go this week. Lord, speak to us and guide us and lead us. God, help us trust you more. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.